One Emotional Podcast, conversations for inspiration on the go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hello, everyone, today. Welcome to the One Emotional Podcast. So today we're going to talk about what is creativity, where is creativity, and how we can access it. And for that, talking about creativity, we need to dig into the work of Mihaly Sistanihali. So he's kind of like the father of uh, creativity. He's a professor and former chairman of the Department of Psychology at the University of Chicago. And he also uh, has two other books that are fantastic, absolutely amazing, called Flow, and the other one is The Evolving Self. So I'm really a fan of his work. And um, he also has another book called uh, Creativity, The Psychology of Discovery and Invention. And this book is quite fascinating because Professor Sistan Mihani, he coined the term flow to explain a theory on how we can achieve a mental state of peak performance and happiness and also how to maintain it. It's not only just to get there, but how to maintain that emotion or that place, right? Um, so he uses that same theory and applies it to help us understand the creative process and what happens inside the creative process. So drawing over nearly 100 interviews with creative people in every field, this book explores the traits of creative people and help us identify way to, ways to encourage our own originality through our own creativity. So we have five main takeaways that I would summarize the book in. So number one is creative individuals tend to operate at the extremes. It's kind of like not that common to be kind of like in the middle and moving around. So it's between the zero and the 100, you know, in the extremes. The second one is that the creative process is recursive. It is not linear. Many of the processes that we have in our lives, they're not linear when we try to make them linear, but they're not. Like success is not linear. Knowledge is not linear. Going to school is not linear. Many of the things um, that happen in our cognitive abilities are not linear. The processes that we deal with, you know, um, the death of a loved one, separation of someone, sickness, no? nothing is linear as we tend to to see it constantly not to think that it would be linear but not so mental meandering to allow the the commingling of ideas is an essential process inside creativity number three creativity comes from the heart there is no other motivation other than the joy of discovering and learning something new or to connecting these new ideas sometimes also called linking ideas four one cannot be exceptional and normal at the same time. And five, the last takeaway of his book is to stay curious, to try new things, to make time for reflection and for relaxation. Okay. So, um, first we're going to start by defining what is creativity, right? So creativity does not happen inside people's head, but in the interaction between a person's thoughts and a social cultural context. It is, a, it is systemic rather than an individual phenomenon, okay? So we have three criteria for an idea to be considered creative. What makes something creative and something not creative at all? So we have three criteria. Number one, 
be couched in terms that are understandable to others. Number two, pass muster with the experts of the field. And number three, to be included in the cultural domain to which it belongs, okay? I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, what makes someone creative and someone not creative. Well, first of all, I'm a firm believer that we are all creative beings. Just by being human beings and being alive, we are creative. We are born with our creativity. It doesn't matter if we draw well. It doesn't matter if we had good grades in art. It doesn't matter any of that. Just by simply by solving problems, we are using our creativity. So a mathematician could be extremely creative. Not only does it need to be a painter to be creative, but also, for example, a lawyer could be extremely creative in coming with new solutions and new ideas to the case he's working in, his, his or hers is working in. So it's like we sometimes tend to think that creativity has only to do with arts. And while sometimes it's where you can see it, not in a piece of, of uh, work, but not necessarily, it's not excluded only to, you know, artistic people. We are all creative. So creative people, first of all, tend to have complex personalities. They have the ability to move from one extreme to the other as needed. They can experience both with equal intensity and without inner conflict. Another trait that creative personality types have is that, is that creative, creative individuals have a great deal of physical energy, but they are also often quiet and at rest. So it's kind of like this combination between bursts of energy and then needing time to rest and to you know recharge our energies. Um, creative individuals tend to be smart, yet also naive at the same time. They're both playful and disciplined, responsible and irresponsible. Creative individuals alternate between imagination and fantasy at one end and a rooted sense of reality at another. Creative people seem to be both introverted and extroverted. Creative people are remarkably humble and proud at the same time. Another way to say it, it might be that they are both ambitious, but at the same time they are selfless. Okay? Creative individuals tend to live outside of society's gender role stereotypes. Creative people have respect for tradition, but are unafraid to be rebellious and iconoclastic. They're passionate, but remain objective about their work. And creative individuals often experience suffering and pain, yet also a great deal of enjoyment. And we can talk about also about what the creative process, something that we focus on a lot in one is, or what differentiates, you know, one with other museums, is that in other museums, you know, we could be focused on the end result, the piece of art, right? The painting, the exhibition, the, the art installation, whatever, but it's about the result of that process. And Luan would like to focus on the creative process. What happens inside the creative process? Where do you have the fear of the blank page? Where are you, you know, staring at the wall, completely paralyzed? Where are you angry at your work? where you completely inspired and at flow with whatever you are creating. So we like to dig deeper into what happens is that the creative process and what are the elements that actually make a successful creative process versus a non-successful creative process. So Mihani talks about having five steps and these five steps are number one, preparation, immersing oneself in the problem and sparking curiosity. Number two, it's about incubation. Time to allow the ideas to church around the subconscious where unusual connections can be made. Number three, the famous aha moment that we all love because 
kind of like the pieces and the information was already there, but just we haven't actually seen it that way. So this aha moment is completely pleasurable. Number four, it's evaluation, deciding whether the insight is valuable and worth pursuing. Number five, it's elaboration, the hard work of implementing and realizing the solution. Okay. I'm going to read this quote by Donald Campbell because I love it. He talks about making connections without distractions, no? So one of the values in walking to work is mental mentoring or if driving, not to have the car ready on. Mental wandering, mind wandering, and so on is an essential process. If you are allowing the mentation to be driven by the radio or the television or other people's conversations, you're just cutting down on your exploratory, your intellectual exploratory time. So having mental meandering, it's the same as exploring intellectually other things. So I would encourage, you know, to have these open spaces and this, it could be disciplined spaces. It reminds me of the book of The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. We can talk about this in another episode, but she talks about how she creates the space for creativity to spark with a very disciplined manner, you know, for arriving at the studio at, at, at the same time every day by working out, by, you know, warming up before, right? It's not like creativity will arrive to to Tyla Tharp when, you know, she's not doing anything, but maybe, you know, that creativity comes when she's dancing, when she's rehearsing, when she's warming up or when she's on her way to her studio. It doesn't necessarily need to happen inside uh, where you're creating your arts, but you need to have that discipline of making this space for creativity to show up. If we're not making the space, then it's quite difficult for creativity to show up. So show up every day. To, it could be 30 minutes, it could be 45 minutes, it could be one hour, however you want to organize your life, but just spend a little bit of your time. You know, to have that mental wandering to create something new, okay? And what does, how does we mot mo how do we get motivated by creativity? So creative people all love what they do, right? It's not the hope of achieving fame or making money that drives them. Rather, it's the opportunity to do the work that they are enjoying. And it's more about, I would like to do this more often. I enjoy doing this. In a meditation retreat that I went with Martin Bachelor, she told me, I asked her, like, how do you find your passion? And she answered, uh, do whatever uplifts you, whatever gives you energy, whatever nurtures you energy. That's where you need to be doing more of. And whatever drains energy out of you, start cutting it out of your schedule because eventually you want to do, you know, these things because it's what drives you. It's what motivates you. It's what enlightens you. So... Also, another important point is that most people enjoy designing and discovering something new, right? It's an amazing moment when we're discovering and create something new. And we're also motivated by the force of entropy. It gives us pleasure when we are comfortable, when we relax, or when we can get away with feeling good without expending energy. Even the most creative person must overcome the barrier of entropy. It is impossible to accomplish something that is truly new and worthwhile without struggling with it. Because we also go back, creativity is never linear. It's kind of like a mess all over the place. So you could, you know, start feeling creative 
the first hour of your morning and then just completely paralyze yourself knowing what to do next, where to move, uh, where well, you, you could be completely paralyzed or you could start being angry or you could, you know, be forgetful or you're just not feeling like sitting down and doing your work or your art. And that's where flow comes in. So for you that don't know the theory of, the theory of flow, I love this theory because it talks about how for us to maintain ourselves in flow, we need to be at the same time uh, developing our challenges with our skills. If we tend to only be doing something that, that has all the skills that we have, well, that requires all the skills that we have and no challenge, then eventually we're going to be bored, right? And if we are asked to do something that requires a lot of challenge and we don't have the skills to do that, then we become anxious. So either we move from being bored to being, to feeling anxious and the sweet spot, the flow channel is right inside when you start, you know, developing and working on your challenges at the same amount of your skills. And that way you can maintain yourself immersed in this, this flow. So what are some elements of finding flow? Well, first of all, is there clear goals every step of the way, you know, What's the job to be done? It's not kind of like an open canvas to see what happens. Number two, there is immediate feedback to one's actions. Number three, there's a balance between challenges and skills. They're both being stimulated. Number four, actions and awareness are merged. Number five, distractions are excluded from consciousness. There is no worry of failure. Number seven, self-consciousness disappears. Number eight, the sense of time becomes completely distorted. It's kind of like you lose track of time. It's like when you started drawing and you've been drawing for an hour and a half and you have no idea how that happened and just time flew by. Also, in that process of flow, what happens when we meditate? When we are in the zone, we can be meditating and we feel that time is kind of like just completely distorted. We might feel that we've been there for five minutes and we've been there for 30 minutes. And if we are not in the zone, the first minutes or the two minutes that we're not in the zone, they feel excruciatingly painful. So we also have this time distortion quite interesting when we experience flow. And, and number nine, the activity becomes autotelic. You do it just for the sake of the activity itself. Okay. And um, what happens inside the lives of creative people? So creative people tend to be quite curious. The parental support is instrumental in helping children succeed amidst a poor or socially marginalized background. Creative people seem to come from exceptionally supportive childhoods or very deprived and challenging ones. Very few come from middle-class comfort. Uh, Influential teachers are those that non students believe in their abilities and generally care Second, they give the child extra work to do and challenge them to go beyond the rest of the class and develop their skills. One cannot be exceptional and normal at the same time. Focus or drive is the second quality behind curiosity that sets creative individuals apart from their peers. Something quite important is that creative individuals don't have a career. They create the career. And this is something that I want to pinpoint I've been talking with many, many, many creatives and 
something that happens quite often is that they don't know how to call who they are. It's kind of like, you know, if you meet a person that plays a piano, well, he's a pianist, right? For creative people, sometimes you can see it in their vibes. It's kind of like a pianist, but a coach, but a creative director, but you know, it's kind of like diffi difficult to define because creativity can be expressed in many different fields. So um, it's quite interesting because we are creating the career as we experience it. It's not like, you know, we just dig into the fields or the careers that are already set for us. We create those careers. And I like this quote about Eva Seitzel that talks, you must always have an obsession. You must always have too little time instead of too much. And um, also something that Mihaly uh, researches a lot and talks about some of your most memorable work will be done in your later years because that's where you have more experience, that's where you learn to focus on your creativity, on your own truth, on your passion. And sometimes in your, on your latter years, that's where we kind of like leave e the ego. And the ego of our career, sometimes we leave it behind. Or we don't put that much attention as in we are when, when we are in our 20s. Um, so I love this. I've also been with many creatives that they're like, oh, oh my God, I'm 35 or I'm 38 or I'm... 28 or I'm 40 or whatever the age is and I'm a creative but I feel that I haven't found my passion I'm still looking for it I'm kind of like a seeker and it's true but maybe you need kind of like to experience different fields that you're in because on your latter years you're going to mix them together you're going to link those ideas and create your own masterpiece okay and specialization can come later but intense involvement in some domain may be necessary for a person to become creative, no? Another important point is that most breakthroughs come from linking information that is usually not thought of as related. So we need this integration and this synthesis. And this specialization reduces the likelihood of making creative contribution. So what can we do to enhance the personal creative? What things can, what tips can we do for enhancing that? Well, first of all, it's important to mention that when we live create creatively, we banish boredom. It's like kind of like curiosity, I think, is the antidote of boredom, no? So we need to stop wasting our energy on, self on selfish goals and explore the world around us for its own sake. So, you know, be curious. Um, try to be su surprised by something every day. Try to surprise at least one person every day. Keep a journal and write these things like new things not down. Wake up with a specific goal to look forward to. Review your day the night before and choose a particular task that is relatively interesting and exciting. Change things in your day. If you usually go to work from specific routes, then you can change a different route and you're going to see different stores, different nature, different neighbors, different scenery, and that's going to also spark creativity in you. Um, things become more fun the better we get at them because when we're are not when we don't feel that we're good at them and it becomes quite frustrating right and we need to take charge of our schedule and do creative activities when our energy is at the highest so i don't know if you heard about these uh types of 
the way of these archetypes of how we sleep. So we have the dolphin and we have the owl and we have the lion, we have many others. So it's important for you to, to, you can do a test online to identify what is your creative type or your sleep archetype. So for you to see in which points during the day is your energy highest. And when your energy is at at its highest, then that's, you know, your commitment, your date with yourself, your date with your creativity for you to show up every day, a few minutes at that time, to start creating part of your work. For some people, it could be in the morning. For some people, it could be midday. For some people, it could be at night. So it depends on you, but it's a lot about getting to know yourself for that. Keep routines. You don't need to do exactly the same thing every day. We just keep the spaces for you to do your creativity. If not, then creativity will not show up, you know? Find out what you like and you dislike. Be in tune with your emotions and know the reason for what you're doing it, okay? Do more of what you love and less of what you hate. Intentionally develop your weaker character traits. Experiment with many alternate solutions. There's not only one solution, so keep your options open. There are always many, many options around, okay? And then... We're going to talk a little bit about the four obstacles to creativity. So first of all, crucial in this modern life, we are exhausted by too many demands. Of course, that is an obstacle for creativity because if we just feel that the demands of our everyday life to pay the bills, to pick up kids from school, to attend to our parents or whatever it is in our lives, or we have a high demanding job, then eventually we're going to be exhausted by just just surviving in life and not having the space to create anything. So that's one obstacle that we need to be mindful of. Number two, we're easily distracted. And there's something quite interesting that happens nowadays with our phones. Uh, in this book uh, called Limitless by Jim Quick, he talks about how we are training our brains constantly to get distracted. Because back in the day, you had your classes for maybe 45 minutes, so you've trained your mind to, you know, put attention and to focus on something for 45 minutes, right? And now, when we would be at work or at class, and then we have a notification from TikTok, from Instagram, from WhatsApp, from our friend, from our mother. So we're constantly, when we're trying to do at work, we just started, and in the first five minutes, we all got a distraction, and we're checking the phone, and we're wiring our brain to constantly be distracted. So there's also a fascinating book about this called Undestructible. I really recommend that. Number three, <clears throat> we are lazy and lack discipline for controlling the flow of energy. What we're talking about creating, you know, the spaces for flow to arrive. No? Number four, the last one, we do not know what to do with the energy that we have. So once that you found your energy, what do you do? So you could be in your room, maybe put on some music, maybe start singing, maybe start dancing, maybe start writing, maybe start reading out loud, maybe start recording a podcast, maybe uh, go in a conversation with your friends, whatever you do, you know, just start feeling your energy and feel how do I want to express myself right now? What do I have the need for? Do you want to stretch? What is it? But do not, do not hook yourself on the TV. Do not hook yourself on social media because these things are killing our creativity. So if you are alone in your bedroom, 
what would you start doing to boost your creativity? And also something important is to start understanding and getting to know yourself. First of all, mindset is quite important. If we call ourselves all the time, I'm not creative, I'm not creative, then eventually we're going to believe that. But I believe just by being human beings, you are a creative person. You are a problem solver in so many levels. So hop into your potential, hop into everything that you are, hop into the magnificence of those trillions of cells that inhabit inside of you and just start making your own creative magic. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively.